Welcome back to another PFRPA podcast. I'm here today with Jeff Yates. Jeff, you played with the Buffalo Bills back in the day, and I think that's where we're going to start. We're going to start. I want to hear all about the OJ days and some of the great stories. What was it like being a Buffalo Bill back then? You know, to me, it was an honor. I was born and raised in Buffalo. I went away to school at Boston College, and I had the pleasure of getting drafted back in my hometown. So as many players that play in the league, there's not that many that actually get the opportunity to play in their hometown. So to me, that was an honor. My friends, my family and all that got a chance to come out and see me play. And and Buffalo was just starting at that point, you know, uh, to coach Lou Saban was, was building that team up for, yeah. for a run, I think. Yeah, so let's back it up a little bit. Let's let's talk. Where where'd you play college ball? Uh, Boston oh, went, College. Boston College, and you were drafted in fourth round in uh, Buffalo in '73. In '73, uh, I was just a year old at that time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I like it because usually I'm the oldest guy in the room. So uh, now I got somebody to best me here. <laughs> uh, uh, I hear you. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's it's no different. You know, uh, I get out with a bunch of my friends, and you know, they were all pre 59ers and so. Uh, I enjoy talking to them more so than I do talking to players yeah. of today's era. Yeah, so after your time with the Bills, and we'll circle back to some – I want to hear some of the some of the great stories at that time. Then you went on to the Falcons, right? I came down to Atlanta uh, for the last few games of the 76 season and uh, uh, stayed here for eight, eight years. So, All right, so I have to ask this question. See, you were a defensive end, correct? Right. So – being a defensive end, playing for the Buffalo Bills, O.J. Simpson's at running back. What was it like at practice every day getting after O.J. Simpson? Uh, if, you could, if you could catch O.J. Simpson, you, you had confidence <laughs> that you could catch just about anybody in You're the right, league. Right. Uh, you know, he was a world-class sprinter. Uh, he, he was a much bigger running back than I think people actually remember. You know, he was a 220-pound running back, six foot one, with world-class speed. So it, it, he, he was a, a specimen. Right. And uh, he, he was smart about running, too. Uh, I'll tell you another thing. Uh, we opened up Rich Stadium in Buffalo in 73. And at that time, Rich Stadium had the highest crown on the field i think it was like 18 inches <laughs> i remember <laughs> from 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 the center yeah. of the field to the sidelines right and, and so oj kind of thought about this and he started you know uh, running this big power sweep you're running downhill man <laughs> running downhill and everybody chasing him was running downhill and then he'd cut back and and the guys chasing him couldn't stop and cut back so that's how he Broke through and got an awful lot of yardage. Oh, my gosh. I never thought about it. I, I remember playing at the stadium still with that, that huge crown. So big. I believe when you stand on the sidelines, it would, like, cut the guys off at the knees on the other side. The crown was so big. You, you, think, it, you think it was an optical illusion. <laughs> right. In true fact, especially, you know, the, I liked it, too, because when you got tired, it helped you go from the center of the field to the bench. You know, you could, you could almost roll downhill and, and get there. <laughs> <laughs> you got to play to your advantage anytime you get that, right? So I, I do have one Bill story. You probably won't want to hear this, but, you know, I played for Jacksonville. In the, I was there the inaugural year and, and for four years there. But in our second year, one of our, my best my, – one of my most favorite football moments actually was we had a wild card playoff berth in 96. And we were playing against the Bills, and I'm talking about the Jim Kelly, right. Thurman Thomas right. Bills, Right. Uh, and we actually ended up beating them at Rich Stadium, which was 
for Jacksonville at that time, you have to imagine we were we were so young, right? We were together just a couple of years, and going in there and beating such an iconic Buffalo Bills team was. A and huge it was feat. late in the year, wasn't it? Yeah, oh yeah. How did you ha- handle the weather up well, there? That that was a tough part, right? I mean, it literally was one of the coldest games I've ever played in. I, yeah. You know, how did you handle that when you were there? Well, you know, here, here's the thing. You know, uh, when you go, uh, just say from Jacksonville, a warm climate up to a cold, yep. you get cold. Yeah. And you think that there's nothing worse than that. And you survive. You go from the cold, Green Bay, Buffalo, and you go down and play Miami at the end of December, and you can die from loss of fluids and heat prostration <laughs> right. and stuff like yeah. that. So there's a big difference. I mean, getting overheated, you're out of the game. Yeah. Getting cold, you still play. Yeah, it's it is uh, you know, and all teams play into that, right? If you're from the south or you're right. from the north, right. we, we know sure. we got you. If you're coming down south, right? Yeah. I, I remember going up there, and you know, O linemen always try to be the tough guys, no sleeves and all this stuff. I told our guys, I'm like, you're out of your minds. It's like 20 below zero with the wind chill. I'm wearing sleeves. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I, I never bought into that, you know. When, 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 he, when, he, when he got, you know, into the lower 40s, I always had long sleeves on underneath my pads. Yeah, for sure. That's just ridiculous. But So, uh, after your playing days, now, obviously, with the PFRPA, you know, our big focus on helping retire players, this organization is uh, – what I love about it is, you know, obviously it's focused on retired players, but our healthcare and the business aspect of this. I want to talk a little bit about your transition out of the NFL. We all go through our time and our issues. What was the most difficult thing for you, or was it difficult, transitioning from the NFL to a working life? A uh, couple things. One, one you know, uh, is – how do you leave the game? You know, some people announce retirement. Some people get cut, don't get picked up. Most of us. <laughs> right. You know, for me, I finished my 12th season, and I was watching the NFL draft, and the Falcons drafted Bill Fralick out of Pittsburgh, number one. Yeah. And as I, as I watch him on, on, on TV wearing – my number jersey with his name on the back, I, I kind of figured I wasn't in the plan anymore, you know? <laughs> right. And so uh, I said, okay, well, not, now let me go out into, into the you know professional. And I, I had a degree in, in business out of Boston College. And the hardest part uh, is to – I played 12 years, so, you know, I'm, lo- I'm going out in the job market at, at yeah. 34 years old. Right. And, and I'm going out, and all of a sudden you're looking and competing with people that are 21, fresh out of college, you know. And that's almost like a generation gap there, you know. Sure. And so I, I think that's the, the hardest part is to is to come out in, in your mid-30s and say, how am I going to position myself or what am I going to do for myself to to make myself attractive to, to the corporate world? Right. So maybe if you could look back in time now and look back at your 34 year old self you're just getting out of the league what would be the piece of advice that you would give yourself your younger you right now knowing what you know now the success you've had after the game with coca-cola and being an attorney all that you've done what would be that one piece Uh, the one piece of advice uh you you know it's so hard i I think i would have uh started marketing myself more 
uh, with the corporate world, especially the, the, uh, the large corporations that are in the city that you're playing in. I, th I think you, you should start marketing yourself to them uh, prior to uh, retirement. You know, if you know when the yeah. retirement's going to come. Yeah, right. Well, because most of it comes as a surprise. We get right. hurt and it ends. We get cut. That's, right. you know, 99.9% .9 of us. Yeah. We all dream about tipping the hat and saying goodbye to the crowd, that, but that, don't, that doesn't that happen. That don't usually happen. <laughs> you, you know, right. you, you, you have to, uh, you have to uh, uh, schmooze with the, with the corporate the people. Let them know what you're interested in and what you're available for. And, and you may even have to go back and, and do some uh, education uh, to, you know, get up, get up and, the stuff. And you did that. You ended up going back to school. Tell us about that, oh, Getting your, and going back to law school. I, I went back to law school when I turned 45. And so, you know, to apply to school and then to go back to, you know, Get in touch with your college and have them kind of go down in these archives and blow the <laughs> dust <laughs> off of some of these transcripts and send them in to see if you can get accepted into law school. I, I did that and I worked full time days and went to law school at night and and graduated in, in, in 2000 with a, a doctorate of jurisprudence. So, yeah, that was kind of a, uh, an interesting trip. You know? Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, and I think a lot of guys just are. I think we, we, when we're playing, at least, we get, get kind of disillusioned to life after football, I'm like what it's going to truly be like. Most of us are, you know, you're in your late 20s or early 30s still, and you really have your whole life in front of you. But we don't, for some reason, when we're playing, we don't even allow ourselves to go there very often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when you're playing, you, you still have that uh, a feeling of invincibility. You know, uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be. And I think you also uh, a lot of the players are, are somewhat delusioned a little bit that once they retire, there's going to be a lot of uh, more opportunities for them to go into a different field as opposed to saying that's going to be just the opposite there's going to be a lot of doors that aren't even going to open for you uh, let alone you know be standing there with a greeter well be, and you hit on a really important fact because we make that we make that assumption when we're young and maybe still playing or in our early days of retirement that this nfl shield that goes with us wherever we go hey i was a player like that's somehow going to equate to success in business or it's gonna it may open a few doors but may not necessarily mean a job yeah well you know the things that you learn playing football you know there's there's a quite a few things that you can take with you in the business world there's a quite a few things that a lot of corporations send a lot of their people to seminars and schools for to learn that that you learn sure. in playing football. So there are a lot of things that are beneficial that you can easily transition over to the corporate world. But then again, you know, uh, whether you played five years, eight years, ten years, or whatever, you know, that gap uh, between getting out of college and going in the corporate world, you know, things can change so fast. Oh, sure, uh, especially nowadays with with technology and technology how quickly it's advancing and, and everything yeah it's 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 remarkable and i told a buddy of mine once that um you know when when you hit the job market right after college and you know you were working your way up the corporate ladder 
I was still playing the game we played in high school together, you know, until I was 30 years old. I said, so, you know, you have all that experience on me. And, and here we are in a lot of ways, a lot of guys going through it. We're starting all over again. So, yeah. And that's, that's a hard part for a lot of players is, yeah. is they, you know. Humility. Let, let, let's say they yeah. come out of, you know, back when I played, you know, they, they played 10, 12 years and they were getting out of lead making forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, you know. Yeah. And, and they go to the corporate world, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, as little as they were making in the NFL, which everybody thought they were making more way back then, you know, they're looking at, at starting pay levels and they were like, well, geez, I was kind of hoping to, you know, be making kind of what I was making here. And, right. You know, that's that's another awakening point for for a lot of the Well, and especially with, you know, more recently retired guys, like even throughout the late 80s, 90s, early 2000s, you know, you were making a healthy amount of money, right? And then all of a sudden, that well dries up, right? It, it, it's funny, you know, when you look at it, and today's minimum wage – would have covered the salary of about 50% of the team that I played on in 1973. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So one person's minimum wage, the the league minimum, could easily have paid, you know, 10, 15, 18, 20 players' salary oh back gosh. when we played. Well, and that's all the more reason why we need to do more, you know, for the, for the older guys. There's no doubt about it. Well, you know, let me tell you, uh, the people out there now uh, are doing so much, putting all these programs in effect now, you know, dental, vision, you know, education, reimbursements, uh, there's uh, health screening. There's so much going on now that's available to the players that I think it's absolutely wonderful. Uh, on the other hand, we still have some things that uh, are only, uh, you know, if you uh, retired prior to 93, you're not eligible if you, right. you you know if you waited four years after retire you're not eligible you're not and, you know so we're still we still got a little wedge between a lot of the programs sure. and, and hopefully you know we'll, we'll work that through because uh, so many of these pre 59ers and, and the 82s and 93 players they're the ones that need the benefits that the players are getting now that are making huge amounts of money and, and the players that didn't get that are the ones that need it and they're ones that aren't eligible for it. So that, you know, to me, that's just a wedge that we need to kind of for bring sure. together. For sure. And, you know, all the, you know, the, the retired players groups kind of working together with all, you know, there's a lot of separate benefits going on. We need to kind of pull things together well, harmonize I, I i think they're they're doing that but you know everything's a bargaining and negotiations and and, and uh, uh the the current players are the ones that vote on the collective bargaining agreement so if anything is going <laughs> to yeah. be anything is going to be left out it's probably going to filter down to to the to the older players uh, uh, even though th those numbers are dwindling so whatever benefits they're going to give to the pre-59ers uh, you have so many fewer of them in, in 2019 than you had in 2018 yeah. than you had in 2017. Do, do you remember, were you ever part of any of those votes for like CBA type stuff back when you were playing? Uh, I, uh, actually, 19, 1974, we were on, on strike. I think it was, yeah. was it 81, 80, 82, we went Early on strike 80s. again. again. Yeah. You know, so I, I mean, I don't know if I was fortunate enough, but I, I was involved in, in two player strikes, you know, and they were all over a collective bargaining agreement. Well, and you remember what it, what it was like, reason for bringing that up is 
the whole voting process when you know you have these guys in their young 20s you're bringing them together we're deciding you know the, the fate of these guys that played 20 30 years ago and yeah, you, we don't know what in the world's going on in our own world yeah, <laughs> you know what you, i mean they kind of get that, that that mob mentality and it's yeah. like you know you know we want the benefits for us and, and, and you know those guys right. had their opportunity for benefits and they didn't realize that hell there wasn't even collective bargaining agreements <laughs> right, yeah, for sure. And, you know, and that's that's why you know personally why I've been so excited about the PFRPA uh, is not only having a a real association that's kind of apart from everything else that the league is doing. It's run by the players, uh, players that are actually retired and going through the same things we've went through. Um, it, it, that to me. And their openness to listen to guys to say, hey, this is what we need to do to make this thing better, I think is what's going to ultimately see the PFRPA really take off. Well, you know, I agree with you 100%. You know, there, there's nobody I would want more fighting for me or my side than a former player. Yeah. You know, uh, I believe in them. I know that if they played, they know the issues that they've been, you know. So you, you can just look at them. And they know how you feel about a certain thing. Right. You know, it's not like they're going to be out there uh, with a list of 30 things. And, and these are the 10 we got to get. These are the 10 that are negotiable. And these are the 10s we just put in there to, you know, get them mad. And we'll concede those down the road type of deal. Yeah. So looking at, uh, you know, I know you're, uh, you're you're retired now officially, right? You're retired <laughs> again? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, nobody ever retires. You That's know? right. Yeah, when, when, when somebody says you're retired, that means like you get up and the most important thing you do is, is read the paper and have a cup of coffee. I, I'm still active. I still do a lot of things. Uh, my wife has a little business that she keeps me hopping at and, you know, I, I still do a few little things, you know, to right. keep you busy. Uh, otherwise... I think it's a misnomer, right? Yeah. In a lot of ways, because you know you get these guys that talk about retire. I know when I was playing, when I would dream about the day of retirement, I was like, I was off on the plains out west somewhere. I was hunting and riding my horse, and you know I'm fishing and hunting the rest of my life. And it's just such a misconception because yeah. ultimately, we, we all need to wake up with purpose in yeah. our lives, right? Exactly. And, and you know, when somebody says, what do you, I said, I'm retired and retired means that I can make my own decisions and do what I want when I want it. You, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if I want to just, you know, sit on my butt all day today, I can do that. If I want to take off on, on Wednesday and go to a health screening before the Super Bowl, I can do that. I don't have to answer to nobody. I don't have to call a, a place of employment and say I'm not going to. You don't have to do none of that stuff. <laughs> right. you know? I mean, you just, you're able to do what you want to do. And, and by, by having that flexibility, you do a whole lot more. Yeah. It, you know, when it comes to... You know, retirement, essentially, when we think about that word, in my opinion, this really was meant for the guys back in the early 20th century that were working in the steel mills that were punching the clock. Yeah, you're punching the clock. You're, you're working your 100-hour week, and you, they out, truly deserved a retirement. Getting out when the whistle blows. But, but now it's about it's really about staying active and pursuing your own personal passions, finding a way to use your own I think that's where the art, where some people, some players are missing out of how to use your own personal brand equity as a player. Because if we played in the NFL, we all have 
in a, a certain amount of brand equity, whether that's just in your town, uh, it's in your region, your state, or across the country. That to me, I think that's the one of the most important things. The it's it's almost an art of how do we use our experience in the NFL and that logo that stays with all of us, right? We carry that shield everywhere we go. How do we? How did you do it? How did you best leverage that time? Jeez, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I retired what thirty five years ago. You know, so I've been out of the game for thirty five years. You know, and, and I still, I'm still honored to wear hats, clothing, or whatever that, that have the NFL logo or the Players Association, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's something that you'll always carry with you. And, and, and I think you, you get a little bit of respect from the general population by, by being mm-hmm. able to wear that and being able to say, you know, the two words, I played. Yeah. You know? it- and do I have to tell them who, what? No. No. You know, all you got to do is say, I played. And it doesn't matter if I played one year or five years, or ten years, or twelve. You can just say, "I played," and you know what? If somebody walked in here that I never met before, and I and they said I played, we could sit down for a couple hours and just talk, and, and we'd be on the same page on so many things. And it's just like you know when we just met right before this podcast, just introducing each other, and the, that you played and I played that that brotherhood. It. Yep. runs deep yep. there's you know that that amongst all of us right that that instant karma that relationship that you understand it, it, it immediately bonded us yeah you know in that first you know 10 15 seconds you know we became comfortable acclimated and and weren't afraid to talk to one another yeah. about anything it's almost like you can when i experience that with guys it's almost like you can let your guard down, especially when you're talking about retirement issues and things like that. Like, you know, all right, this yeah. guy knows I'm I can, I can tell him anything because he, he's got my back. So, right. Yeah. It's amazing to me. I think that's one of the one of the coolest parts about being retired. And I think when we talk about it here, you know, as, as you go through your football career, you know, you're going from high school to college to, you know, to the NFL. And it's always this step up. But yet in the past when we talked about retirement is kind of this step down and we're trying to change that around here going no actually retirement is a step up because now you've been there done that now you have a voice you have something to say now right from experience yeah i think the biggest thing is, is you know you play football right? high school college professional and if you don't have a passion for football you're n- never going to get through it and play in the pros you it's have to hard. have a passion because it's yeah. much too hard physically mentally and and, and everything and so it's way too hard what the what the current players have got to know and, and what the older players should have learned is <clears throat> when you're done playing You've got to develop sometime during your career another passion so that you can go and pursue that second passion just like you pursued football. And if you can do that, whether it's in the medical profession, whether it's in the legal profession, whether it's in uh, education, teaching, whatever that other passion is, you you need to identify that and then set a a, a path to to achieve it. And you you really hit on a hot topic for me in in a personal way. You know, one of my personal topics that I want to help find a way uh, to better this for former players. So when I left the game, I had this 
you know, four or five year period where I was just in a funk. Floundering. Yeah, I had no purpose. And you're talking about developing that passion. You know as well as I do, every man needs that that purpose in life that gets him out of bed in the morning, yep. that drives him. And when you don't have that, because the void, at least in my experience, and you know, and it's why the NFL suicide rate is so high, to be honest with you, that drop off into the void after the game's over, it's too quiet, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're used to being told what to do every second of the day. Here's your itinerary. Yeah. Here's your itinerary <laughs> down to the minute, especially with guys like Coach Coughlin yep. who had Jacksonville. I mean, down to the minute, here's what you do. So I think you hit on a really huge point of uh, when you're playing. Find of, the other passion. Find that other passion. Could be music. Because you could live to be 100 be years old, right? It, it, there, it could I mean, be anything. You know, but yeah. you, you've got to identify it. Uh, you know, and, and then you've got you to put the time in working that passion just like you spent all those years working that football you know yeah, and, and yeah. then you then you can you know uh, move into the second career and and never ever even look back because you'll do great things in that field if you have that same passion for it because these guys you know they need to understand too we put all of our value in ourselves personally into playing this game and that that's got to that's got to change it's got to evolve you know whether it's just being a father, being a husband, you know, being a businessman, whatever that is. And a lot of guys really struggle with this. Like, what's my value beyond football? Uh, I played it my whole life, and now it's over. There is no more. There, is, there isn't that another level to achieve because that happened all throughout our lives, right? Right. right. Yeah, you hit the, you hit the top level, and, and that's, that's why I said if, if you can transition into another passion – you know, you you don't fall into that dark hole. You don't yeah. hit that recess of, you know, what am I going to do? You know, you're going to say, I've got to get up, you know, and I've got to take a couple classes on this, and I've got to do this, and I've got to start, you know, working towards, I'd like this company, you know, maybe I can kind of get my foot in the door there and let them know about me. So, I mean, that you start yeah, working. Yeah, in, hey, I mean, for me, I had a, I had a couple – really key important moments that pulled me out of my funk that I was in. Uh, one of them is my amazing wife, Autumn, uh, and my, my love for her, my love for my kids was a big part of what drove me to find a new purpose and a new passion. Um, next one for me was uh, a personal walk in faith because I knew that I, I wanted this and I also wanted to be the husband uh, and the father that my family needed me to be. What was, what was that turning point for you? Did you have something like that that was identifiable as a, you this know, is my purpose? I think a good, strong, smart woman will give a, a good man purpose. Always. Amen to that. You know, <laughs> and when you find one and you get one, you know, you lock on to it. Because they'll, 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 they'll change your life the way it should be. And such fantastic advice i mean because you know too i mean uh were, were you were you married at your time during when you were playing or did you get married afterwards i was married at the time i was playing and uh that marriage ended and i started a second marriage after right, I played. I'm right there with you yeah and that uh that changed everything yeah yeah and I, you know and i think that the uh you know, it's unfortunate, too. Another tragic statistic is the divorce rate. 
You know, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous in the eighties, nineties percent after retirement. Last I heard, yeah, it's 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 bad, and and I I think one of the causing factors of that is is the immaturity of so sure. many other players. You know, yeah, and, and I I went through a divorce. You know, and. Uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons that you can point. You know, we're we're living the life we want to live. We're not accepting reality. You know, sure. there's so many things. Sure, uh, we we live in that in that microcosm, yeah. and it goes the same thing with like even spending habits, and especially with today's athletes, right? So you know, we're we're making a bunch of money. Uh, and then that transition of, well, I can't spend money like this anymore, right? <laughs> so, wow, yeah. that's a that's an eye opener, right? Yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful of of you know for financial advice. You have to you have to know what's going on. You know, uh, I can't rem- tell you how many players that I've seen throughout the course of my life that would get a signing bonus and sign a contract, and they'd be living life large, and then come the next year, April 15th, they have a tax bill due and they're like, oh my God, I gotta go get an advance on my next year's salary to pay yeah. my previous year's tax bill. Yep. Because I've spent, uh, nobody told me I had to put money away for That's taxes. Right. I, it's just crazy stuff like that. that, that, that yeah. So the, this was really great. I think we hit on some, some really hot topics that I think more players more retired players need to be talking about first of all to just to know we're not alone right we're not alone out there in the world and that's what happens after we retire you're you're just it's like being off into the void right it's crazy because you know the retired players are the ones that are going through this or have gone through this or will go through this and we need to get this into the current players although most of them aren't going to listen to you, don't want to listen to you, <laughs> right. and everything else. So it, it's one of those problems. Oh, it's, you know, we go round and round with that all day. And it's hard because we were there too yeah. as current players, and you just don't want to listen to anything that's outside of football because you can't even imagine it. You won't allow yourself to go there. But exactly. it's so important, right, that we find a way. Exactly. So lastly, and we'll wrap it up with this. And I've, I've asked this of all the guys we've done the show with, we all have a favorite memory of playing the game. And oftentimes it's a memory that was never caught on camera. Wasn't possible to be caught on camera. Uh, mine for me personally was, uh, um, after playing the green Bay Packers and Reggie white and Reggie running to me, uh, after the game was over and kind of, uh, knighting me saying, Hey, you're going to be all right, kid. Right. <laughs> to me, that was one of my favorite moments what was yours? Jeez, it's so hard to tell. You, you know, achievements on the field, I, I, I never really got excited about because that's what you're supposed to do. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. I, I, you know, we, we never celebrated certain things. You know, we got excited about certain things. But I, I don't know. I, I know this. Uh, you know, I was drafted in 73 by Buffalo. I had a cousin that went to Syracuse that was drafted by Baltimore in 73. So we were mm-hmm. rookies the same year. And uh, I, I think the uh, exciting moment for me was after the first time Baltimore played Buffalo, uh, 
going over and shaking his hand. He was also a defensive lineman. And walking off the field together with him was, was memorable. Yeah, that's awesome. That's Family awesome. game, two of us, who would have thought? Yeah, know? yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Those yeah. are the memories that are so uniquely special right. you know, to us that we'll just never forget. And, I, and I'd be hard-pressed not to mention you, you were rookies with Joe D., Joe DeLamalore. Yes, yes, we were right? rookies together. We played in the Senior Bowl together. Yeah, uh, it's my shout out to you, Joe D. I know you're watching this, <laughs> right? Joe D. was a good friend of mine, still is. Yeah, an awesome, awesome man, awesome player of all right. time. So, right. Jeff, thank you so much for hanging out with me today, man. I hey, really appreciate it. Thanks for having. Me. I'm glad I ran into you, man. You know, you, you can you can never meet too many good old players. That's right. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, brother. Thank you.